Welcome to today's reading of June 20th, our 365 Beloved Bible, New Living Testament. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, open our ears and our hearts and our minds. Lord, we give ourselves to you that you may run us and teach us your Bible, Lord. Your word we ask in Jesus' name, and we thank you for today's reading. Amen. All right, 1 Kings chapter 22. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Ramat Gilead belongs to us, and yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramat Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. And then Jehoshaphat added, For first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophet about 400 of them, and asked them, Should I go to war against Ramagilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right, go right ahead. The Lord will give you the king, your king the victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesied anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imla. Jehoshaphat replied, That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imla. <clears throat> king Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah dressed in their royal robes were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them said, Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says, With these horns you will gore the Armenians to death. All the other prophets agreed, Yes, they said, Go to Ramat Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to give Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab, Asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramagilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. 
Didn't I tell you the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesied anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven round about him on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramah Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahaz's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, walked out to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you, he demanded. And Micaiah replied, You will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son, Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, Everyone, mark my words. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramat Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, As we go into battle, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his 32 chariot commanders. Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So when the Armenian chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There's the king of Israel, they shouted. But when Jehoshaphat called out, the chariot commander realized he was not the king of Israel, and they stopped chasing him. An Armenian soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here. Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I am badly wounded. The battle raged all day, and the king remained propped up in his chariot facing the Armenians. The blood from his wounds ran down the floor of his chariot, and as evening arrived, he died. Just as the sun was setting, the cry ran through his troops. We're done for run for your lives. So the king died and his body was taken to Samaria and buried there. Then his chariot was washed beside the pool of Samaria and dogs came and licked his blood at the place where the prostitute bathed, just as the Lord had promised. The rest of the events in Ahab's reign and everything he did, including the story of the ivory place, and the towns he built are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So Ahab died, and his son Azahiah became the next king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, began to rule over Judah, 
in the fourth year of King Ahab's reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the example of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines. And the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of the events in Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of his power and the wars he waged are recorded in the book of history of the kings of Judah. He banished from the land the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes who, who still continued their practices from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom at that time, only a deputy. Jehoshaphat also built a fleet of trading ships to sail to Ophir for gold. But the ships never set sail for they met with disaster in their home port of Ezion-Geber. At one time, Azahiah, son of Ahab, had proposed to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with your men in the ships. But Jehoshaphat refused his request. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Azahiah, son of Ahab, began to rule over Israel in the 17th year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following example, the example of his father and mother and the example of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who had led Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped him, provoking anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Amen. You know, uh, some of the things when the uh, the person disguised himself into battle, was, it was so obvious that he was setting up the other king for his own safety, and, and the uh, charioteers ran after Jehoshaphat, and then they realized that it wasn't the king at all, and how... Uh, how quickly they went into battle and the, the prophet prophesied properly that I will only prof, prophesy the things of, of, of the mm -hmm. people Amen. of the Lord Amen. but uh, obedience deep obedience instead of trying to do our actions you know like I used to give money and try to get the Lord to do things for me like I was saying you know sacrifice giving and so forth and all this and everything and uh, what prayer would do. Prayer takes the time. Prayer is actually, prayer is ima imagining an outcome and praying for that outcome and asking God to help that outcome come to pass. Imagining something good and then after imagining it a while in prayer, you'll start to believe it and you will start to, the Lord will help us get there and fix it. I believe that's the way prayer should be done. Instead of giving money or good works, or Bible studies, or communities, or 
running from speaker to speaker. Uh, I believe the future in God's hands. And you know how the guy said, I saw all of Israel scattered because the king had died. I saw the, you know, and he saw it in a vision. We have a lot of visions in that format. In other words, we see people, we're praying for people, and then the Lord gives us a vision. For instance, I was praying for this one couple's uh, home so they can keep it, and I saw their older son running alongside the roof on top of the house, and and the roof was caving in, like on the edges of the house, and then the roof was caving in that house that I was praying for. I saw in an instant. And I prophesied, I said, uh, your older son and his financial situation is going to be the collapse of your house. That's what my that interpretation of seeing that vision. So I have had many visions like that. When you're praying for people, you see things. And just like the prophet saw things, you see things of the Lord's will of the future. Amen. I don't know why I added that. It doesn't come too frequently. I haven't had it in a while that I see things. But I used to see things a lot a while back. (laughs) Anna? Yeah. um, It's very interesting that, you know, I, I love the way the prophet says, you know, I only prophesy what the Lord tells me. That is the way... You know, all of us who have the prophetic anointing, that's how that's how we roll. You know, we can't be doing it on our own um, opinion or our own view. And, and we've got to be real careful with that. Um, because the king didn't like him. He's like, you only prophesy trouble to me. When he was prophesying what he saw, of you know, that God was giving him. So, you know... Um, anyway, I, th- I thought that that was a real, real good way because all of these other 400 prophets, I mean, you had the 400 that were that were being asked, should we go to war? And then they did say, yeah, it's okay to go. But then they they called in Mike, uh, Micaiah, and he came and said, yes, go. But um, I just thought that... Um, that there was some kind of a difference between this prophet and these 400. I don't know what that is right now, but... It's really interesting that um, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel because uh-huh. they were usually at war. Uh-huh. They're uh-huh. brothers. And then the, the other uh, the other guy was kind of... The, the king of Israel was kind of uh, loony, you know, right away he figured, how can I profit with this man, powerful man? He goes, mm-hmm. well, will you go to war with me and try to just take back that city? You know, um, he was bent on destruction. And I think his death was because of a pr- earlier prophecy that all that family would die and the dogs would lick the blood mm. in, the, in the pool of Shalom with all the prostitutes bathed. Ugh. Yeah, you know, in, in number 17 here... Uh, where Micaiah was, um, you know, after he prophesied, Micaiah had that vision. It said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains 
And it says, like sheep without a shepherd. Uh-huh. Okay. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. So I'm just, um, I don't know where. I thought that was in Isaiah 53. You know, or I'm not sure where I have read that before. Where it says, you know, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Do you, do you remember where that scripture is? Well, Jesus says that to yeah, the Sumerians, you know, yeah. that, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of places, but I don't know right at the Yeah, moment. I don't know right at the top, but that stood out to me because, um, anyways, it, it's worth going and looking into after. So where do we see Jesus in this, the question is? Yes, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here. The uh, To me, Jesus is in that, the Lord, I saw the Lord sitting in his throne. Oh, yes. What did he say? With all the armies of heaven and around. And his right and on his left. Yeah. And those, uh, so he see, he, and it's interesting, he said that a spirit came up. Yes. You know, Ooh. and I will succeed. Because they say there's a lot of us that we're, we're the same way how we volunteer to come home, to come here. The Lord said, well, there's a family and they're going to need uh, an encourager to go down there. And all of the spirits are standing there. The, the family is going to be Mexican. The person is going to be born in, in, in Tijuana. What good can come out of Tijuana? And, uh, and let's give him a little bit of a humbleness by giving him some sickness early in age so he'll be humble. And then I stood, I stepped up. I said, I'll go. I'll be that person. And I will not, fail. I will not let the devil deceive me. And, and uh, so that's what the the reports are that that's the way we have we are volunteers and we're spirits or angels and we come down to live in here that's why we miss our home that's why we're we're longing that something is missing our home in heaven that's why being still the lord can guide us when we're still we enjoy his word of god and he'll start doing things for us protecting us, our resources, and our health so we can read the Bible. If you're being attacked every time you read the Bible, start with praising the Lord and finishing your day with praising the Lord and then reading 1 John 1-5 through 5 as a born-again Christian. The love will increase and the love will push back the forces of the enemy and give you peace. That's been my experience so I see Jesus in the prophet. When the prophet spoke, I, I sensed the power of God coming out of his word so strong. You know, very, very anointed. Uh, listen to what the Lord says. Micaiah says, I saw the Lord on his throne with all the armies of heaven round about him on his right and the left. I have seen the throne. I didn't see any angels. I just saw the throne of God stooping, looking down at us in a white robe and an incredible throne that was very simple, made out of cement, nothing elaborate. Okay, honey, you want to move on? Yes, I do. Thank you. Acts chapter 13. Uh, Acts chapter 13, 16 to 41. So Paul 
stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, those in the synagogue, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then, with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized as John was finishing his ministry. He asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, I am not, but he's coming soon, and I'm not even worthy, worthy to be his slave and untie his sandals on his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as one of the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecy said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us their descendants by raising Jesus. This is what the second Psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Okay. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another Psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David. For after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sin for your sins. 
Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Wow, powerful Lord. Something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. Wow, that's good stuff. Um, okay, so what did you, what did you, what stood out to you? Well, that's the whole salvation message there, you know, and it's interesting how prophecy took place. Today you are my son, today I have become your father. Mm -hmm. That's in Psalms 2, verse 7. Um, it is my, it is my uh, humble opinion that people had to recite that a lot. So when Jesus came, it was already a done deal because of the prophets that, of all the people in the synagogues reading the uh, Psalms all day long and, and kind of like prophesying people of God. So when Jesus came, it says, Today I reveal you as my son. Psalm 2 7. That was a prophecy yet a thousand years ahead of its time that was prophesied. And then, uh, and he also, too, in Isaiah, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you would, wouldn't believe, mm -hmm. even if someone told you about it. This one is in Habakkuk 1 5. Uh, and, uh, so those are all prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. That we believe in Jesus, our sins are forgiven. It's too easy. A lot of us try to work out uh, and do home edge or something, you know, trying to pay for our, pay our way for salvation. But like Jesus said, do all you can to work with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, get to know Him, Him, Jesus. In the Old Testament, New Testament, get fired up about the Word of God, and you're good to go. That's what we should work for. Amen. He doesn't make it too hard for, for us. <clears throat> would you like to read the study? Uh, yes, I think I would. Um, Paul was speaking to devout Jews, so to establish common ground. Paul traced Jewish history from the Exodus onward. He stressed the Jews' deliverance out of the Egyptian bondage, their occupation of the promised land, and the establishment of the kingdom, and the special place David, special place of David. Paul reminded the Jews about God's covenant with Israel. A point of agreement because of all Jews were proud to be God's chosen people. From there, Paul began talking about Jesus Christ. Paul explained how the good news about Jesus fulfilled their covenant. Paul pointed to Jesus' resurrection to show how many sinners can experience God's forgiveness. When you share the good news, find ground with your audience, as Paul always did. You can't guarantee that people will always repent and believe, but... You can make sure you faithfully present God's good news. Amen. You know, 
That's, I think the whole sentence of this whole part that I read was really, you know, how Paul just boldly professed here, brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness of sins, uh, for your sins. That's number one. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Okay? Something the law of Moses could never do. And so I think that's very powerful because it says here, who believes in him? You can be, you know, you... You know, as Fernando said, we don't we don't work for our salvation. All you all God is asking us to do is believe in Jesus, and you'll have eternal life. You believe that you know He raised Him from the dead, and He's forgiven your sins. I know it sounds a little bit too easy, but that's the good news today, and that's what we need to always zero in on it and remember that you know when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's brought forgiveness for you personally, you know. Um, and, and I guess for me that, that has to be, um, you're declared right with God already. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to go up to the altar like we did, right, Fernando? We went up to the altar a lot just feeling bad all the time. You know, until I, I found a place that helped me with that. When I, when I uh, a friend of mine had a, had a church and, it really set me off into the right motion as I started to seek God more and I started to learn more and spend more time with God and the Lord. And I just, you know, all this time, it's, you know, the, Moses' law can't do that for you. You know, following the Ten Commandments day in, day out. I mean, you break one, you break them all. You know, it's much easier to... to uh, to be under the, the kingdom and the covenant of, of Jesus Christ's umbrella of grace that says, um, you know, for your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. God said that in the book of Hebrews. So, you know, th this is it. You know, you, you're free. You're free of condemnation. You're free of shame. You're free of guilt. And you're, you know, you're being, you have a right standing with God already. You don't have to sit there and beg Him for that. When you pray, you say, you know, you, you, you work from where you, your right standing is, which is victory already for that problem. And you look to Jesus for all your things and everything you need here on this earth. You, you look to Him for it. You get him. He has a fresh what, supply for you. That's what we're doing right now. He's we're a, looking him to inspire us and keep yeah. us and show us the way. Yeah. We're, you know, it's fun, it's interesting, it's intriguing, and it renews our youth like eagles. Amen. We're excited. Stay excited because the word of God is alive and powerful. It sears our hearts and keeps us motivated. Whoo! It is. It is alive. The word of God is alive. And it's powerful. And powerful. To the dividing of uh, uh, two swords, it will divide the bone marrow. Amen. And the joints. So <laughs> we thank the know, Lord for them. Yeah. We ask Him to fulfill His words, His promises that God has made to us. Thank you, Lord, for your many promises, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you said if we give to the poor, 
you will repay. If someone steals for something from us, you will restore, Lord. If we need salvation, you will give us salvation. Thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. And now we thank you for the reading of Psalms, Lord. We praise you for your word and your promises. Be it unto us according to your word, Lord. You're for your glory and your honor. Thank you, Lord, for the grace. Amen. Psalm 138, verses 1 through 8. I give you thanks, O Lord. With all my heart, I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. That's beautiful, huh? Mm -hmm. Amen. Don't abandon me for you. That's kind of like in the morning to prophesy it into the future. In the evening, prophesy it for the next 24 hours. And let us make these words come to pass in our lives by speaking them in faith into the air. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 17, 17 and 18 is... A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. It is poor judgment to guarantee another person's debt or, or put up for security for a friend. You know, it's interesting to said that a friend is always loyal, and then it says, why? And a brother's and a brother is born to help in time of need. So in other words, there was a, I was a spirit that came here, and then there's another spirit that says, let me go born, be, uh, be born next to this man so I can help him when his time of need is there. So <laughs> there's always other good spirits around us that want to help us to do and, and accomplish God's purpose, God's will. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Thank you, Lord God, that it's exciting, Lord, to hear and to worship you and to praise you. Thank you for our salvation. We are grateful that you have saved us. You covered us with your blood, and we're completely free, Lord, sinless, nothing missing, nothing broken. We are sanctified and holy because of the sacrifice, our offering, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Thank you for blessing the people and the listeners today and always, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. You're welcome. Amen. Um, beautiful, beautiful words of life.